This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com, F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond! Beyond. Microsoft's all-in-one entertainment. Uh, no, we told you not to say that. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormish. I am your host for this week's episode of Beyond, episode 561. I'm joined by our lovely producer, Barrett Courtney. Let's get jiggy with it. Uh, and the Xbox editor, Brandon Tyrell. Why did we let him in here? Behind enemy lines. The Microsoft shill over here, Brandon. It's, BT. It's brighter in here than it is in <laughs> Xbox land. <laughs> Bright with amazing exclusives. Anyway, before we begin the show, a quick reminder that Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com. You can find every new episode every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. You can find it on podcast services and everywhere else you're used to watching it one day later, 24 hours later. So be sure to come to beyond.ign.com every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. Barrett, stop touching my arm. Anyway, on to this week's show. If you're wondering why Mr. Tyrell is here, Mr. Mr. Wow. Tyrell, yeah, we stole him from Ryan McCaffrey, and we're holding a ransom. McCaffrey, <laughs> you must give me your Tesla if you want wow. BT back <laughs> in lock. Well, we're about to find out some I think things. You pretty much just signed my death warrant. <laughs> in addition to holding people for ransom, we are also having Brendan here, because we're going to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, Of course, as you're listening to this, you may have only just started playing, or you're going to play later this week, depending on which edition (laughs) of the game you had. Brendan, of course, did our wonderful review. Thank you. Gave it a 9.2. Thank you. You worked very hard. I want to shout you out, because you worked tirelessly, uh, because we'll get into it uh, in a couple minutes, but this game is long, and you put in a lot of hours, and you beat the kind of main quest mm-hmm. before the review embargo, which was very impressive. <laughs> and you worked here. You worked through your birthday. You guys giving me the vapors. Yeah. You I worked <laughs> through the weekend. I kept getting text messages. Hey, what are you doing for your birthday? And I'm like, well, I'm 14 hours in on Assassin's Creed today. <laughs> today. Today. Have you yeah. been to Mykonos? Because that's where I'm spending it. Uh, and, yeah. and then you worked, <laughs> Greek Isles. Yeah. you worked throughout the weekend yeah. uh, to make sure the review went up on Monday. This, uh, this Yeah. Last embargo Monday. was Monday at 4 a.m. Yeah. A lovely so time. I want to, yeah, just give you a shout out. Yeah, you saw. You, yeah. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Shout out to you. Shout out to Mike Wynn. Mike Wynn, uh, who, cut who cut the, the amazing review. review. It's. Yes. Um, I said this on Unlocked, which we recorded earlier today. Um, goes up on Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the longest video review that I've ever, uh, for certainly that I've ever done. Yeah. 27 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. it comes in in a cool half hour. Yeah. Um, no, it's like eight minutes long, yep. yeah. and it is just... It felt really, really good. Um, generally, we try to keep our reviews around five minutes, but because this game was so big and I had so much to say about it, they gave me that extra leeway that I, I feel like we were able to put to good use. So, well, and speaking of having so much to say, you've beaten the game, Barrett. You've beaten the game. I have. I think you two are the only ones to have beaten the full, at least, main campaign in the office so far because of how thoroughly full of stuff this game is. When did when did you beat it? I beat it. Oh, geez. Uh, what weekend? day did I text you? Sunday. I think I beat it that night. Okay. Yeah. So I beat I it. I beat it story. Sunday night, Monday morning, because uh, I had texted you like, "Hey, I'm at this part. How much? Oh, how much do closer I am? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, maybe like four hours or so. Yeah. And like, and then I went to go out and eat with uh, friends and whatnot. And then I went back <laughs> Must home. Be nice. And then, <laughs> then I went back home. I started playing at like. I want to say like nine, and then I beat it at like one in the morning. Oh, cool. So about so, four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't realize you uh, – I, I mean, I realize now that you're saying it that obviously you beat it, but um, I didn't put two and two together. So nice job. Yeah. 
Boom. Well, now that you've both beaten it and can speak <laughs> to it, obviously we're not going to go into spoiler territory. We don't want to ruin the experience for anyone who hasn't even started it yet. Mm-hmm. But I do want to hear a little bit from both of you now that you have this whole experience uh, with it, and especially as fans of the franchise and having played, I think, pretty much all of them or for the most part, the bulk of them. At least the main ones. Yes, me. yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to hear a little bit from both of you about how you feel this fits into Assassin's Creed in general, mechanically, uh, mm-hmm. gameplay-wise, especially... Uh, both of you, I know we've talked a little bit about how this relates, especially to Black Flag. Mm, yes. Where are you specifically in it? Uh, I am. No in, spoilers. Yes, I am. No spoilers. Uh, Athens. Okay. Yes. Cool. Okay. So I am in Athens. Spoilers. Yeah, I know. Athens, Athens. is in Greece. I didn't know that. I'm sorry, Barry. <laughs> I ruined everything. Anyway. Well, this is off to a hot train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> what else? As the show usually is. Yeah. So uh, why don't you guys go in a little bit? I want to hear from you both about how this fits in. Uh, it was made by the Syndicate team primarily. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and Origins was made by the Black Flag team. Right. But uh, Barrett, you as a big Black Flag fan see yes. a lot of similar DNA. Right there. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, going into this game, coming hot off of Origins from last year, like Origins, slight spoilers for Origins, like late in the game they introduced boat mechanics. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me how they introduced ship mechanics in Assassin's Creed 3, where it was like kind of like these specific missions later in the game introducing yeah. you mechanics. The <laughs> combat wasn't like fully equipped like Black Flag was. Uh, but then you get into this uh, game and literally half of the map is ocean and it the combat is much more of like Assassin's Creed Black Flag or Rogue and stuff like that where it's way more in depth. You're leveling up different parts of your ship and customizing your ship and it gave me a lot of Black Flag tones. But not only in that sense, but the, the kind of character of at least I played Cassandra and I'm interested to talk to you about our you played Alexios and I played Cassandra so I'm interested to see like how we differ on that but at least with Cassandra one's a man one's a woman yeah well thanks (laughs) (laughs) um The kind of like swagger that Cassandra has yeah. reminds reminded me a lot actually of Edward Kenway. Mm. Uh, I've just kind of kind of like I'm doing my own thing and you know like. I'm cool as hell and I'm yeah. killing a bunch of people and there's a, whatever. You there's know? a like, really cool <laughs> cutscene that I used in the review right before the verdict where a Spartan guy was like, you destroyed the entire Athenian fleet. And she goes, they were in my way. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's pretty indicative of both characters. Right. I mean, look, the differences between both characters are sort of few and far between. They're essentially the same protagonist, yes. just, you know, different chromosomes. Um, <clears throat> Alexios is... Uh, the, okay, so the great thing about Odyssey is that they introduce this choice mechanic, right? By and large, the choices that you make really only kind of affect the way your character comes off. Right. Later on, that stuff starts coming back all the way up to like the multiple, I think there are nine possible endings or something. Yeah. Um, so I need to talk to you off air about what ending you... Oh, wait, we, we talked did. about it. Yeah. No, you could talk about it on air. It's fine. Well, I, I'll say it right now. <laughs> Everybody I got, died. I got the best ending. Oh. Um at least the happiest one. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> by and large, a lot of the choices that you do sort of just throughout your playthrough, whether it be talking to side quest givers or merchants or, you know, soldiers or what have you, yep. is mostly just boils down to like, you know what? I will help you with that. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Or like, if I you can't money, pay, man. if you can't pay me, <laughs> you can't afford my time. Yeah. Um, or just like, no, screw you. Yeah, so like I said in the review, it's you're either an upstanding merc or a total dick, and those that's really sort of the personalities of the characters. Mm. But they're not the characters themselves. Like Alexios is not an and an a hole, uh, and Cassandra is not like an upstanding person. 
you get to decide how they come off. Yeah. And I will say, like, sometimes I, I picked a, an answer that I thought was a little, like, a little snarky, but he, <laughs> de- he delivers the line, like, like just the biggest, uh, I'm trying not to swear, just the biggest I, jerk, you know? We just don't say the F word on this. Oh, you can say anything else? Yeah. 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 Oh. Darn. Get. Oh. Well, okay. Wow. That was, that was a jump. You had one rule. <laughs> Time code right there. I got to edit that out. Uh, I am curious. Obviously, if you're watching the video show, we are showing a lot of naval combat and everything, and that has been Heck pretty yeah. big since. Andrew Goldfarb doesn't like the naval combat. <gasps> I learned that what? today. Since the days of Black Flag and even. He's never know, liked Assassin's Creed naval combat. He's just afraid of boats. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, that I mean, makes sense. It, it's true. not worth getting into here, but what is <laughs> worth getting into is um, I think what's really interesting about the setup of this game, uh, obviously only maybe 20 hours in, which to say only is insane. I know. But, I know. Uh, I know. Only 20 hours in. Uh, I do love the idea of this world map sort of being all these disparate islands and kind of making you, it, there's a lot that is story focused, but at least right now where I am in the story, it's like, if I want to see some of those other islands, I really have to go out of my way to explore. Yeah. 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 Um, but it usually has been pretty rewarding. How did you guys feel about the makeup of that world, especially? I thought it was, do you want to? No, you, you go ahead. You were putting yeah. air in those lungs and I was expecting, that, like, well, I, was, I didn't want to cut I, it I was off. doing like an inward breathing thinking. Okay. All right. I thought you were ready to like just drop some knowledge. Nah. Um, I liked it. I liked the setup a lot. Uh, you start the game on an island. It's basically your tutorial island. Um, think like the Great Plateau from Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that island's called Kefalonia. You do all your stuff there. Um, you end. You leave that island when you you know, first get your boat. So you have the option to go wherever you want. Um, I will say that the overview map does have like level ranges on them. Right. So like. This island of Lebos over here is level 35. I should not go there right now. I'm level four, you know? Um, but <clears throat> the story pushes you more inland at first, which I thought I, I really, really appreciated because um, I think it would have been a disservice to like have you sail around the entirety. I mean, Greece is like basically a number of really big peninsulas. So right. you'd have to like sail all the way south then all the way east and back up. And I think that would have uh, really damaged the pacing of it. Mm. As it stands now, they push you more inland. So you get right into the action. You get to see what, um, you know, what what's in store, all the different systems and all the different uh, points of interest that they have uh, throughout Odyssey. And then they open up this idea that you get to go explore these different islands. Some of them are worse for you than others, but uh, that freedom to really explore anything is there. Yeah, I uh, I really appreciated like in the middle of the game trying to like level up for the story and whatnot, like going to like some of the random islands yeah. and discovering like weird cults and caves and whatnot, and discovering oh I'm way under level for this, but still like there there's a part this is kind of it's not really spoiler, but uh, there's one where you go inside there's like a cult camp inside of a volcano, and I was super yeah. under leveled, so I would just leer people to. The lava and Spartan kicked them into the lava. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I did it. I uh, did the thing. I cheesed <laughs> this entire area. <laughs> that cult in particular is super cool because they wear the gothiest face paint. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it reminds me a lot of Mad Max, actually. Yeah, um, it does. Like the War Boys. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really like exploring. I really like that this is, I think, something this game does better than Black Flag, at least, is a lot of the islands aren't just wilderness like there are some that you go and there's like one enemy camp and then a lot of it's like hunting boars or whatever yeah. also boars suck in this game i hate them so boars much. are the worst yeah. animal in greece game. yeah they suck um they're just weirdly aggressive and i don't understand it um 
And Wait so, for the DLC. And they fart. And uh, this one, uh, for the video version specifically, uh, farts. And uh, I made a thumbnail for this video, and I'm very proud of it. It's, uh, uh, it's Alexia Spartan kicking uh, Pumbaa. And I'm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what was actually happening here? Was that a... uh, so? This is a legendary animal uh, yeah, yeah. that you do for a side quest, and uh, this this boar right here will try to tackle you. And there's a certain attack that he does with like his weird side tackle uh -huh. right after he will make a farting noise, and then you see a gas cloud come in, and the gas cloud poisons you. <laughs> Wait, so that's actually in the game? Oh yeah. I thought you were like doing a skill and just like putting fart sounds over the oh, video. No. no, that actually That's actually in the game. Those are in the game. Yeah, that actually I straight up thought it was a joke. Uh, oh, we no. th we thought oh, this is something mind. you did in yeah. post. Yeah. <laughs> that actually happened in the game. I want to like yeah, that was not wow. edited okay. whatsoever. Wow. That That's board cool. truly could I was not that committed. <laughs> I was not that committed to like make a funny goof. I was yeah. like, this is a great thing. I'm gonna make a funny thumbnail. Well, All of this is raw gameplay. What's funny is like I'm 70 plus hours into Odyssey right now, and I'm like, how is he dropping gas clouds? I've never seen that skill before. <laughs> I was like, maybe he got a legendary piece of equipment or something, but no. That's, that's all the boar. Oh, that's, it's the integrated Alexa skill. And like the, the thing that sucked <laughs> with this fight is that uh, the gas clouds would stay. So even if I walked away and then like went back to an area like earlier that we were fighting, uh -huh. the, the gas clouds from earlier in the fight would stay there. So I'd accidentally run into them, so get gross. poisoned again. Yeah. It was, yeah. But, uh, Anyway, where was I? Not a lot of wilderness um, when it comes to, like, a lot of the islands. There's still, like, towns and stuff that you can explore and fun side quests. Like, we were talking about yesterday, like, are there any, like, great side quests out of this? And there was one I actually played yesterday, uh, 60 hours into the game, that I was like, oh, damn, I fell in love with this one character, and then there's a weird betrayal, and I don't know how I feel. And it was, it was, it was a fun one. So I love that there's a lot of that um, in the kind of just side content in this game. So. Yeah. Well, and speaking of how expansive this game is, and before we move on to a little bit of a different discussion about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, Jacob Stanley from the Beyond Facebook group asked, do you think Odyssey is the new standard for AC? I'm going to include Origins in that full-on RPG with little lore sprinkled in to keep Assassin's Creedy to keep it Assassin's Creedy. If so, will that continue to work? And a few people in the <coughs> Beyond group largely asked the idea. Assassin's Creed obviously has changed quite a bit from the original, especially original trilogy. Yes. Are you happy with where it's going and where it's continuing to go? Obviously, based on your score, you, you liked it quite a bit. Do you, do you <laughs> want to see it? take it all back. <laughs> Gasp. Uh, do you see it continuing to go in this route? Like, is there any turning back, basically? I don't know. There's no way. Yeah. I don't think so. I uh, think this is now Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. um, granted, it's not. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit this afternoon. Assassin's Creed, what people remember Assassin's Creed being was a stealth action game. Uh, that's not the case anymore. Assassin's Creed is now an open world RPG. Uh, and I believe, you know, they don't, Ubisoft would not have spent the money to make this new platform they did with Origins just to revert back to that old, you know, stealth action right. uh, gameplay because. And they were trying to transition out of that old stuff. Yeah, for look a while, at Unity. You know, like Unity and Syndicate. Not, yeah, yeah, Unity and Syndicate were kind of the <clears throat> first stepping stones to get to this point. So I, I think it's funny that a lot of people are like, "This isn't Assassin's Creed anymore." Oh my this god! If one, of, if one more person DMs me, yeah, if one um, more person DMs me saying this isn't a real Assassin's Creed game, um, did you feel like an take assassin? Take it to YouTube, though? man. What I did you like feel like an assassin? Like an assassin? Yeah. yeah, based I, on what everyone's asked me about Spider Man, did you feel like Spider Man? Feel like an assassin? Um. I <laughs> did actually feel like an assassin. I think that... Got him on camera. 
I, I think that you're just going to cut it after. Yeah. After, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I walked into that one. Uh, I think that what this game does well is allow you to play the game the way you want. Mm -hmm. This was my build right here. Um, this isn't me playing. I think this is your game, but I went, I went full warrior with basically a sword that I would light on fire. Hell yeah. Um, and that's not to say I didn't build into the assassin tree or the hunter tree, you know, uh, the assassin being the assassin stuff and the hunter being the archery. Um, I did. Like, I used the predator shot because that is an that overpowered... Is that it's is an not, overpowered they, they definitely, um, skill. Uh, they definitely brought it down uh, this time around. From Origins? From Origins. Origins, there was the predator shot and was the predator, With a predator shot predator you bow. control the, yes. yeah. Yeah. the arrow? It's basically Patriot Arrow from the, Robin the Hood arrow, Men The arrow controlling in Origins was just... It was so overpowered. So they brought it down. Like the way you can control the arrow this time around is brought down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So they definitely. But you can still like I'll shoot a forty-five degree angle above the head of my target and then just boom, yep. just dive bomb it. <laughs> um, anyway, predator shot is OP, but I built into it because it is an awesome tool. Yep. Um, I built into the assassin tree enough to get that consistent two hundred percent extra assassin damage because every once in a while, you you know, when I'm a sieging a fort, I'll pick off the guards on the exterior before I jump in. Um, having said that, I enjoyed playing Odyssey more as a guy who would pull out his swords, light them on fire. That and was almost a bad sentence. What? Pull, <laughs> Nothing. Pull, oh, pull out. <laughs> you guys are you guys are funny over <sighs> here. Oh yeah, Beyond. that's what we do over here. That's guys, why they, this is why they never let me on the show. You guys make yep. goose. Uh, it's um, a transition. Out yeah, of but that. I, yeah. I I pull out my swords, walk into a fort, and just be like, hey, come fight me. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm better than you at combat. Come fight me. You yeah. know? And it's nice to be able to have that option, but also I, I've playing a lot into the archery, so it's nice to be yeah. able to have And it, it allows you to go those routes, which I really appreciate. You were a sneaky archer in Skyrim, weren't you? Oh, yeah. That's how I play most games. Well, there's actually a really cool uh, diagram, a flowchart. It says, mm -hmm. what do you like in a game? Combat, blah, blah, blah. No matter what you choose, it always ends with sneaky archer. It's <laughs> the way to go. Yeah. Uh, one final question from the Beyond group is Matt Boge, Bohe, do you agree with the IGN reviewer <laughs> that it's the best Assassin's yes. Creed game yet? I do. All right, Brandon, hold on. Uh, yes, obviously we have the IGN reviewer here to tell us what he thinks about the game. Barrett, however, has some different thoughts, and you can tell that because I changed my pitch so much when I said Barrett's name. Why, and are, you, why are you pulling out a To time? deal with that, don't worry about it. Uh, to deal with that, we're going to introduce a little bit of a new segment here on Beyond. Uh, Beyond Versus. Oh my god, you put on a tie for this? Yes, I put on a tie for this. <laughs> Hopefully it's on reasonably well. Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dormish. I am your moderator for this segment of Beyond Versus. I'm here with Barrett Courtney and Brandon Tyrell, who I introduced earlier in this episode. Hi. Hi. They. <laughs> Happy to be here, Jonathan. Yeah. Why, hello. We are here to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, both what they liked about the game, but also didn't like, and especially mm. where they mm. differ on it. So, Barrett, I know you feel a little bit differently about the game than Brandon. Score-wise aside, let's not deal with that, because I think it's very important that a score is a score here that we give yeah. it IGN. It's very important to remember that. And that said, we all have different feelings about every game that we play. I want to hear a little bit about where you guys differ and also where you agree on it. Uh, to preface this, I really love the game. Uh, and <laughs> Before I trash it. Before I yeah. tear this game down and you down with it, <laughs> yeah, I want to preface it. I really do enjoy the game. I, 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 uh, I 
agree with almost all of the points that you bring up on the review. Thank you. Uh, Next and, question. <laughs> and so the the point that I have to make is that I don't think that Odyssey is the best Assassin's Creed game. I think it's up there, definitely, but I think Odyssey definitely falters in a lot of interesting story and pacing in the story. Uh, I think a lot of people couldn't get into Origins last year because like the beginning of the story was a little weird and whatnot, whereas I think that is the only fault in Origins story uh, that and like who ends up being the main bad villain uh, at the end of the game but the crux of origins was this relationship between Bayek and Aya and their relationship after the loss of their child and they had such a real relationship and awesome character development and I was hooked every minute of seeing where they were going to go and with this story I love Cassandra as a character but I wasn't invested in like what her overall story was, and it's hard to talk about it yeah, yeah. without spoiling stuff. Um, but her overall journey felt lackluster to what other Assassin's Creed games have done, um, and I think the there were definitely highlights, and there were definitely moments where I was like, "Oh my god!" And there were moments that like had me tearing up a little bit, and like shocked, and mm -hmm. uh, like, "Oh, like that was so cool," mm -hmm. you know? Like uh, there, I think there's a cutscene in the review that. We might have put of like just this really badass cutscene. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we used it. Yeah, um, and so we opened with there, it. There's just like really cool moments, but in between, <laughs> there's just like I, like I don't really care about what's going on here. Yeah, the kind of side characters and like the cast of characters that would help like bring up uh, Cassandra, at least for my playthrough of Cassandra. Um, I thought were interesting at parts, but then overall, it was just like I. I remember like two or three like characters that like I thought were cool mm -hmm. and then you know one of the side characters at the very beginning of the game is one of the most annoying characters in Assassin's Creed in general um, and then I think I know exactly who you're talking about <laughs> dude it's so that dude bad. is obnoxious yeah and so I that's a big point for me yeah. um, and I also think the gameplay uh, so the first is story and then the second big point is gameplay where I think you know, Origins like was the big first step of making it this big RPG, and Odyssey adds a lot to that. But I think Odyssey Odyssey adds too much to it. Um, I think there is a lot of bloat that didn't need to be there. There's a certain point in the story, and I know this is this is not story story spoilers, but there's a point. There's a main story mission that is if you're going at like level pace mm -hmm. and you're going to the stories at like level. You're at level 25 in this mission, and then the next main story mission is level 32. Yeah, and they make you grind. And like so at we, that point in the game, you you're like leveling an hour a level, right? And so that's like another seven eight hours of leveling to just get to the next story mission. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of unnecessary stuff like that. Origins did that too, but not to that extent. Uh, and then I, I I just felt like there was almost too much there. And like I said earlier, like. There's stuff that I enjoy about all these islands and whatnot, but I think um, I think they went a little overboard. I think there's some systems in there that I don't think play well in in the series or in the game, and kind of like at the end of the day, it's like, oh, this is just a thing to do to get XP, I guess. Um, like they introduce it like as this big thing, but no. Now, BT, this is where you shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to your butts. I don't review games professionally, so I, I might have just come off as an idiot. I do. But. Next, <laughs> next question. Uh, so here's the thing. All right, I'm, I'm going to tackle this because you, you touched on like three or four different topics. Mm. Uh, the one I want to start with is story. I think you're absolutely right, actually. Um, so sorry, Dornbush. It. It just ruined this your segment. This segment is ruined. <laughs> um, I think, I think you're right. I think there are multiple 
uh, portions of the story that were artificially elongated in order to make, make you, make you feel like you're working hard towards something. Yeah. <clears throat> and that didn't work on me. Uh, so I, you danced around it because you didn't want to spoil it. I'll, I'll do the same. It's not... Uh, it's not spoiling to say the main character story in this game is about family, and it's, yes. it's a family drama. Um, <clears throat> so there were moments in the story that actually made me feel for the family. I there were I, we talked about one in particular where mm-hmm. like you and I were both like, yeah, I was not expecting to get choked up, and yet <laughs> I was. Yeah. Um, having said that, it's also tempered by the fact that there are completely throwaway characters throughout. Absolutely. That I'm like you actually detract from my enjoyment of this story beat right now. And like that versus <clears throat> other games where like, I, it's been years since I've played some of these games, but like kind of the creed that you build in Assassin's Creed 2, like all of your pirate friends in Black Flag or at the end of Black Flag, they're basically all dead. Mm. And like Edward Kedway, Spoiler. like spoilers for a game that came out Spo- six years ago? Spoiler. Spoiler. Five, five years ago. Spoilers. Um, you look around at this bar and like you see all of their ghosts and it's a very emotional because they built up to it and stuff. There's just not a lot of that in this game. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. I agree with that. Um, the payoff at the end, I didn't feel was depending on the uh, depending on the on the ending, the ending you get, which I think like what we discussed, I don't know if endings really differ all too much. To be honest, I think we should just walk it out of this topic because I, I know I'm going to say something that's going to piss someone off. <laughs> yeah, All right, go to yeah, the next, sure. point. Um, next point. But I, I didn't get the sort of payoff that you're describing from Black Flag at the mm. end of Odyssey. Yeah. Having said that, I don't agree that having a subpar story compared to some of the other Assassin's games mm. uh, disqualifies it from being the best Assassin's Creed. I think the sy- the systemic design of this game, the systems in place, uh, coupled with the gameplay, coupled with the breadth of mm. it, the quality and the quantity, you get both in Odyssey. And yes, there's a lot to do in there. There's a lot to do in there. <laughs> That's why I think Origins is better. What, how so? Because I Wait, think Origins... In, in what particular point? Uh, in... The, the fact that Origins does have this, like, because I we can both agree that Origins and Odyssey does have, like, the better combat. Old Assassin's yes, Creed game. Yes, absolutely. Like, it's impossible to uh, go back. Moving from, moving <laughs> Wait, from, let me get that. <laughs> moving from an animation system a la Arkham Knight and all yeah. that, it wasn't as good as Arkham Knight. But no. moving from that to a hit scan system that they use right now, yes. I think is was the right move for... This and kind so of they do that. They have the really great emotional story that with characters that I care about, with a <laughs> cast of side characters that I care about. They have a more. I think they had a little more ref, like refinery when it comes to there was quantity definitely, but they not as much as Odyssey, which I mm-hmm. think makes it a little more focused and made me enjoy it way more um, because there's not. I didn't feel like there is much like bloated content. Like the end of this, at the end of Origins, I think I was at like level thirty, mm-hmm. and at the end of this game, you have to be at least level forty, and yeah, it, I, I don't feel like. To be fair, I don't think either of those games you really needed to be those levels. I feel like you could have down brought down. Yeah. yeah a little bit at least um but well here's here's yeah. here's my point on that is uh, odyssey has multiple narrative threads right there are three main pillars of story yeah. <clears throat> you can hit them in any order you want really mm-hmm. i mean not in any order you have to start one before you can start another one but once all three pop once all three are open you can kind of weave in and out how you like yeah 
after the main story, the other two pillars are still, I mean, you can't finish those until you finish the main story, essentially. Um, Based based on the way the level. Those are still there. And I think having a level cap of 50 actually is a service to this game because Mm -hmm. I never do this. I played Odyssey for 60 hours over seven days, I want to say. I haven't taken a day off yet in a couple weeks. Tomorrow is my go to sleep. <laughs> tomorrow is my first day off, and I'm probably going to go home and play Odyssey. Yeah, like, that's to give you an idea of there are still enough things to do in this game that mm. keep me wanting to come back and exploring it. Mm. That never happens. That's fair. And if this is the direction that Assassin's Creed is going as a as a, as a platform upon which the franchise will continue to be built, mm. this is the best one ever. <clears throat> that's fair. Well, I concede, uh, but I do want to say for for me, um, I don't know if you've. Played all the Assassin's Creed games. I don't know what you're. First of all, how dare you? I just I don't. We uh, never had that conversation. No, <laughs> I wasn't trying to insult you. <laughs> it really sounded like you were. <laughs> uh, I haven't. I haven't played all of them. Okay. Um, um, I didn't play like, Liberation. I didn't. Uh, I didn't play the one in Russia. Screw those games. The I'm talking like the main. Yeah. The main ones. Like I would say, like for for me personally, I'd go Origins, Black Flag, AC2, and then Odyssey. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, it's Taking wrong. It's wrong. But <laughs> it's uh, it's Odyssey. Because I, I really love the stories, and this yeah. one kind of felt la- like I play games for stories, and this one felt lackluster to me in that department. That that's what affects me personally on that. I play games for sweet loot and no scopes. <laughs> Nerds. No, we're we're uh, we're joking right now. Like obviously, this is all. And this is all like perspective. I super respect Barrett's opinion. Um, I don't know why. Outside this room, (laughs) for me, for me, I think it's Odyssey Origins, uh, Black Flag, then AC Two. AC Two is so good, but uh, but I enjoy I enjoy the open world aspects of it more. And I think when I played AC Black Flag, I was thinking like, this is the game that I've always wanted to play. I've always wanted to be a pirate in the Caribbean. Hell yeah. but I think Odyssey is just a, a cut above the rest of it. And I will give you credit where credit, like the sort of other two pillars of the game, like I do also want to like yeah. go through that because there's well, because like, you're talking about content, it. like I make content for here, so it's like I like I want to <laughs> do this end stuff to like so we can show like what how this yeah. ends and like we, there are I mean, other arcs. We were talking about content that's going to be going up maybe in a week or two after yeah. people have gone through the game yeah. and are curious about some of those big reveals. And I'm yeah. super excited to put that stuff together. I'm so excited that I'm going to go. <laughs> Uh, right after here, I'm going to go pull Monster. all my pictures down that I took during the review, yeah. put them in a slideshow, and be like, hey, uh, check out my vacation scrapbook, everyone. Like, come look at this my This is pictures. how I spent my birthday. Yeah. Uh, well, who's right, who's wrong? We don't know. I'm right. But Brandon's review is the one on the site, so I guess that's <laughs> the one that matters. Uh, that's thank the only you. reason I took this gig. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you both so much for joining me for this inaugural, maybe final, who knows, version of Beyond Versus. I like we'll this. Be- thank you for wearing a tie. Of course. More than happy to. Uh, we'll be uh, loosening up a bit. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will be back soon with uh, those beautiful boys, Brian and Max. Please don't do that, Barrett. You said loosen up. Bye, guys. <sighs> Check out Unlocked Tuesdays. We interrupt this program to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not-so-fun fact. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost, so why not do something about it? 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Luckily, with Hims, there's no waiting rooms, no awkward in-person doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a website. Hims connects you with real doctors and gives you medical-grade solutions 
medications to treat hair loss and other possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements either, these are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to forhims.com slash beyond. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's forhims.com slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Beyond and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us once again. My name is Jonathan Dormer, your host. I'm joined finally by Max Scoville. Ten points for Gryffindor. And Brian Altano. Ten points for Gribidor. And for some reason, we kept on Barrett, Barry Potter Courtney. Beyond Leviosa! I regret this <laughs> so much. Yeah, Brian, that's the smart thing to do. Yeah, leave the show. That is... Oh boy! I'm I, like, dude, I, is, why did you I like Harry, Harry Potter. Potter segment? I don't know anything about this. It's man. Uh, it's bullying. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, I got to take these bullying, glasses we'll off because my head is way too big for them. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, if only there were a potion to cure that. You know, like in Harry Potter, where they drink potions. <laughs> if you're wondering why Barrett did some last-minute cosplay for this segment, uh, we are talking about the fact that allegedly a triple A Harry Potter. RPG has leaked. There was about a minute of footage or so that appeared online via Reddit and Vimeo and YouTube and everything. Mm. There's no confirmation from Warner Brothers who has the rights to Harry Potter as of this moment right now, but the footage showed us quite a bit. And so that is why we're giving a lot of it credence because it seems to be pretty well made and at least pretty polished. Uh, In that gameplay, you see many things, including character creation uh, of your student at Hogwarts. Uh, The description that the person who put this video up said that this alleged game involves you being a fifth-year student at Hogwarts. Uh, Obviously, you were able to create that character, and I believe you're able to put it in one of eight versions. You can see that from the alleged leaked video. You can create Tom Holland, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We see that character creation. Obviously, your status as a student at Hogwarts seems to be a pretty important part of the game. You would be in about the 1800s or so is what this uh, what? user, user yep. claims this game takes place in the 1800s. But in addition to being a character who takes classes at Hogwarts and has to deal with probably peeves, uh, you also have to deal with a lot of magical creatures and mm. going outside of Hogwarts. We saw a lot of action. We saw them meeting creatures. There's at one point, I don't know what type of creature it is, but at one point you see yeah. the character sort of petting this giant It looks like a weird like dog boar with a dragon head. It was, it was weird. Yeah, it was very interesting. So you see some of that. You see a fight with some goblins. Um, I believe a lot of like a lot of combat and that was the thing that was weird for me when I watched it Uh, a friend sent it to me last night when it was all like coming out and uh, hey what's up Gryffindor anyway Uh, and so at the beginning of like this leaked video it it felt like oh this looks like a cool like Unreal Engine fan rendering of Hogwarts and like the way like the camera was moving it didn't really look like oh like this looks fun and cute and they go in the further you get into it the more I was like oh my god it might be real Mm -hmm. Uh, like the the amount of combat that they show is like this looks way way too in depth to like for someone to just create just to start riots on the yeah Yeah, no I was right I was right there with you you watched it I had the same exact thing where initially I was like this could be fan made and then it's like very clearly this is not fan made this is way too polished you see the spells that they're able to use and expulso and also sounds uh, fake but they are actual real spells in Harry Potter real actual magic spells (laughs) real actual magic spells well Uh, so that's I think that's like very telling Um, and obviously I'm a I'm a a huge fan of the sort of like 
and we see it every year or every couple of years, the, the drum up to like a new Smash Brothers games. And it brings all of the fakers out of the woodworks and they're always creating fake UI and stuff like that. Mm. What's really awesome about this, and you can tell um, with most video games that are highly polished and worked on by a bunch of people, is like there is, they hired a UI designer. You yeah. know, they hired somebody to create menus, hired someone to create buttons and uh, all the text in game is, is kind of on brand for what this world is. Mm. I haven't watched these movies, but I've been <laughs> pummeled with marketing for them my entire adult life uh so yeah this is not one of those like things that were somebody who's like oh i mean I, I made mario 64 and unreal yeah like this this looks like a real thing so i imagine warner brothers is pissed so this is the interesting thing and this was something that was kind of brought up uh this morning amongst co-workers was what uh the original video was taken down uh asked uh, by warner, warner brothers. brothers interactive entertainment yes and in the magic world we say it disappeared <laughs> so interactive does that mean that's the game division that's the game's division Interesting, because the the thought was maybe it got pulled down because it uses Harry Potter music, and maybe it just. And no, I'm pretty they, sure they took it down because it's least gameplay from a Harry Potter game <laughs> that is unannounced. So, yeah, uh, the fact yeah, that it's interactive that pulled it down, yeah, I think yeah, this is uh, legit. Again, as of the time we're recording, at least WB has not officially commented or confirmed this game in any way. Uh, Port Key. Port Key Games, a new division uh, of essentially like the Pottermore Dynasty, right. uh, who has been part of Hogwarts. Uh, Mystery Harry Potter Hogwarts uh, mystery. Hogwarts game. mystery. Yes. Uh, and they also announced they're going to be making other AAA console games. I believe last year they announced that. So a lot of people assume this game may be part of that initiative. Given that it's part of WB, though, we would assume they are likely involved with one of their major studios. Mm. So we have a few theories about who we may think is actually working on this game. Mm. A lot of people initially said Rocksteady because everyone just wants to know what Rocksteady is working on. Yeah. And given that they've worked with licensed games before, that was sort of the immediate go-to. Huh. <coughs> I'd never even put that together, but yep. yeah. maybe... That, that that's an interesting one because yeah we're we're all clamoring and that was a lot of like the early comments was Rocksteady Rocksteady and I was like please let this studio be working on two of my favorite things in existence which is <laughs> Batman and Harry Potter mm -hmm. uh, but when you look at it and even though like it looks like earlier on in development like this looks like a mock up for some sort of like behind like closed doors like yeah, yeah like test footage and Rocksteady is whatever they're working on has been worked on for at least three years so this looks a little earlier than that and also just like the the style of the game doesn't look Rocksteady so what does that mean because Rocksteady's done Batman games <laughs> and then there's that like one first game they did but we don't really yeah. know and also I think we, we fall in this trap of being like Rocksteady has a distinct aesthetic yeah that was you know that was working within the style guide of of like of the Batman universe. Basically, they got they got carte blanche with Arkham. They built their own right. version well, of the Batman universe. But like you can't like if everybody was wearing like carbon fiber Gryffindor robes, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably Rocksteady. Rock yeah, everyone's also, guess, yeah. inexplicably ripped. Yeah. I guess like all look the students look so under the hood a little bit, right? Like if if I showed you footage of uh, Spider Man for PS4, yeah. but I didn't tell you who was working on it, you might have a couple of guesses, right? Just based on the sort of the swagger and the animation and the color scheme and the way the game just sort of flowed. Well, we all thought it was going to be Sucker Punch. Right? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 like that was sure. the thing. Is Going into that, we were like, well, why? You know, of course it's going to be Sucker Punch. They've made all the infamous games. Like, yeah. it makes perfect sense that they would do this. So I feel like we're almost doing the same thing with, with Rocksteady. I don't... Yeah. They've done one giant license yeah. for WB. WB would obviously trust them with another license. That yeah. just seems to make sense. But I, I think it's too good to be true. But there, there's some other early... 
um, sort of ideas that uh, might be true. Uh, Avalanche Software, not to be confused with Avalanche Studios. Avalanche Studios, obviously, working on Rage, helping with Rage 2 and they're, all that other they're stuff. The <laughs> yeah, it sucks so, that they ran out of names for video game studios. <laughs> Too many and Avalanches. So, yeah, Avalanche. What a specifically odd thing to name two studios I after. Know. So Studios was the one that they're, they're working, like you said, Rage 2, Just Cause 4. Right. Uh, Avalanche Software was the studio that Disney or that WB bought that used to be making Disney Infinity. Right. And then WB acquired them after uh, that studio sort of had its issues with the other Yeah, they, so they were acquired uh, January 2017 <laughs> was when they announced that whole big deal. And this, what this looks like, if we're assuming that this is real and this is like, it looks like it's about a year and a half in development, like this could very much line up with Avalanche Software being brought on by WB and seeing like what they could be making. Uh, another interesting theory was Monolith mm-hmm. um, because they sort of, they know high fantasy stuff. So hold on, hold on. Back to the Avalanche thing. Okay. There yeah. was apparently a job listing that was mm. floating around. I don't know if you guys saw this. That was that was looking for people who were, and they're ba- they're based in Utah. Uh, yeah. And there was, I think, the job listing was like people who were familiar with British culture yeah. and like grammar. Which was odd. That seemed like sort of an odd thing, but also, huh. you know. That was a listing, you... I think, like last year. Yeah. Yeah, which seemed rather specific. And, yes. you know. Um, yeah. But also, I mean, uh, their experience with mm-hmm. Disney Infinity is, is dealing with um, Disney's very stringent, like, brand guidelines and style guides. And also making uh, a rock solid. I mean, they also did, like, the Toy Story toy box stuff before yeah. Infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they were like, how do you make, uh, you know, how do you make solid gameplay that's still kid-friendly and ex- mm-hmm. still accessible? And obviously, like, you know, there are some adult fans of Harry Potter, but it is, at the end of the day, a family franchise. Adult's a loose term with Baron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Avalanche Software is a very likely candidate if someone yeah. within the, the established staple of WB is working on it. And like you said, another name people have thrown around is Monolith. I think given what they were working on with Shadow of War, the idea that they would just sort of jump into this seems a little unlikely to me. Mm. But um, either way, this is something that clearly we've seen a lot of in that one minute the breadth of this game. Well, right. yeah, and, and it's already looking very polished, which is cool. Yes, uh, yeah. and I think that says a lot about uh, the fact that when you give hypothetically, or, or we assume a a good studio a AAA license, and you don't put a gun to their head and tell them to churn something out in three months for a movie or a right. TV show, they can make something really good. Yeah, I mean, it, we just saw it with Spider Man. The Spider Man games that we got for a very long time were not great. You know, there's a couple good ones, but and Harry Potter has effectively been relegated to iPhone and Lego. Right? We haven't really. Well, gotten yeah, we haven't the gotten the, movie, a... the original series of movies. <clears throat> right. Yeah, it's been. And there are a couple of gems in there. There's like Order of the Phoenix was not a good movie in my opinion, uh, but the game weirdly like represented Hogwarts really well and had this kind of like small open world version of Hogwarts uh, this is very old uh, review footage from IGN I think from wow. 11 years ago right, crispy uh, watermark yeah, oh, yeah exactly and so like it did the most with like what Hogwarts could be mm-hmm. in like a kind of expansive way, um, as you see he yeah I would say like his head so like know. a lot of licensed properties and, and franchise stuff like there's probably the makings of a really solid Harry Potter game scattered across every Harry Potter game that's been yeah. made yeah the, I mean if you yeah if you took the sensibilities of Lego Harry Potter and then put it in this universe or this you know this this something of this scale mm-hmm. you could have something really cool you know if you had showed me this footage without telling me what this was I would tell you it was a Silent Hill game <laughs> like it, it's it's got that like like that, that haunted oh, yeah. 
you know, foggy anti-aliased PS2. Welcome graphics. to a much less threatening Dark Souls. Yeah, you play, no, as, totally. you play as children, and uh, there are other children there instead of uh, un- unspeakable horrors. Like clearly, this is a day-night cycle where the haunting monsters appear, right? Yeah, we're yes. just waiting for the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's really interesting, like the Prisoner of Azkaban for GBA was a turn-based RPG. Oh, cool! The and it, it was like pixel art turn-based RPG. So yeah, wow. there's there's been a lot of experimentation. I totally agree with you, Max. I feel like all the parts of a great Harry Potter game have been scattered through the winds. There was Quidditch World Cup, which Barrett and I really enjoyed back Does in not the day. hold up. Does not hold up, but it's really bad. I, I think you see the disparate parts and I'm excited to see someone put them all together to make something great and have the time. It's, it doesn't seem to be something stuck to Fantastic Beasts necessarily, though mm-hmm. the creatures do seem to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't necessarily seem to be the focal point, which so I appreciate. Here's the thing. I, I think there's a misconception that I don't like Harry Potter. That's not true. I actually love Harry Potter. I love <laughs> the books. Who who assumed you didn't like it? I don't know. A lot of people, they don't, they meet me, they don't, they're like, this man doesn't seem like he would enjoy Harry Potter, but I, I would like to correct those fine love folks. Harry I love Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I've read, I've read all the, I think I've read all the books twice. Um, maybe more than that. I've, you know, listen to audiobooks, seen the movies a million times, but like, I don't, <clears throat> I don't give a rat's ass about the expanded Fantastic Beast stuff. No. It just, there's something about it where it's like the second you get out of like the, the, the wonder of like Hogwarts, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I don't know. The the the, the, the wizarding world is like, I think that they kind of, it's such a, it's such an odd thing to try to spin out an entire universe. But right. if this is a game about like, oh, hey, you're going to, you're going to Hogwarts, you know, in a certain time frame, I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to go to Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. like that's where I want to be. That's the dream. Yeah, for everyone. And, and it'll be interesting to see like whoever's working on this and if it's real and all this stuff and if all my hopes and dreams have been uh, entered by God. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they like expand on this world because I always thought Harry Potter was great because of Harry's story and just like the pure essence of what how that character grows throughout those books and then all of the expansion was just like ah, oh, this all feels unnecessary and weird mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how they try to still capture that magic of this it seems like it's going to be possibly story based based off of the description they'll probably, the description they'll probably the have a story in the yeah. game there will probably be story I, I am curious though to talk a little bit about what we think the gameplay of this might be from so the limited amount we saw one more argument yeah. in favor of Monolith doing this yeah. is that they just got off of another franchise based on a beloved book series set uh, distantly, you know, kind of off the beaten path of where the where the t- timeline exists, mm. uh, and th- I mean, I think that what they've taken from 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 Mordor and and from dealing with like the you know heavy Tolkien lore, which and if you're jumping into Harry Potter after dealing with Tolkien, you've yeah. got like so much wiggle room. Oh yeah, because that's like it's like okay, well there's um there's seven books and then there's like one book and then a play. And anything outside of those lines, like you can kind of you can kind of figure it out. Maybe yeah. get J.K. Rowling on the phone. Okay. Meanwhile, with Tolkien, there's like 18 books, and the author's dead, and his son hates you. <laughs> 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 and you've got to go through Peter Jackson for everything else. So is Wiggle Room a character? <laughs> yeah, oh, <boy>. yes. <laughs> Professor Wiggle Room. Oh no, <laughs> Wiggle Room is one of the house elves. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it's a hidden room in Hogwarts. Um, but yeah, going back to what we think the gameplay might be, uh, Barrett, I know forever since the dawn of time and Harry Potter began, you've wanted a bully-like Harry yeah, Potter Yeah, ever, ever since I played Bully, uh, I and I Bully was one of my favorite games growing up, uh, I'd be interested to see. I can go back to it now on PS4 mm-hmm. and see how that game holds up. I can up, go back to like, it anytime I think about it. You can play it on your, on your phone. Yeah. Like, and, it's literally on iPhone. Yeah. That's and, where I replayed it, like, uh, about a year or two ago. And so it was just one of those, like, they, for the time, they made this like really funny kind of like 
kid growing up and dealing with like bullies and like all of this stuff and like romancing and whatnot. And they made this like entire like small town that you can go to Mm -hmm. and like it's a boarding school. And it was all just like it's like it should be Harry Potter, but it's all Mm -hmm. muggles and and whatnot. So I was always kind of asking for like I've asked since this game has come out like for a bully like Harry Potter game because I think it would work so well. Bully did such a great job of creating a school that felt like a like a a literal lived in space. Like it felt like a place that you could tangibly walk around and visit and open doors to. Um, Like it, yeah, I I didn't go to boarding school, but this felt, I, this felt like I was in one. Like when I think about bully, I have memories of running around that school as if it was a place I've been to myself Mm -hmm. because it it felt like a real place. It's really cool. I would say that bully definitely has some Harry Potter in its DNA and that it's, uh, I mean, it's set in America. It's got a lot of American stuff, but it's a rock star game. So it's made by, you know, a bunch of Scots and Brits and whatnot. Like it's of the fact that it's set at a boarding school with like school colors and like crests and uniforms, which is like a distinctly not an American thing. Like we mostly, you know, wear like, like crappy t-shirts and sweatpants to school, you know, like, I mean, I did anyway. But I mean, it's got, it's got, and it's like, I feel like the, the sort of the frame of reference that a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of kids have for like private school, boarding school is Hogwarts, especially, you know, stateside. So I don't know. And it's, I think that the coolest thing there would be all of the, all of the class mini games. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's how you make like, obviously, you know, if you want to make a a sloppy Harry Potter game, you have it. So you're like, you got to go and fight the monsters and bad wizards. And you're like, okay, you go in a dungeon and it's just a regular video game at that point. But how do you take like, I don't know, uh, potions or defense against the dark arts or, you know, charms or, you know, whatever, what are the classes and how do you, how do you like turn those into different game experiences? Yes. Right. Like, I, I love the idea of that being how you, you know, farm different experience points for different yeah. like skill sets. And I think to ignore those would take away some of like the dream of what we all want from this Harry Potter. Yeah. Bird. And uh, to bring up a uh, good old Andrew Goldfarb, uh, a good point that was made from him. And also shout out to Joey Noel, he's, who he's I was talking lot. frantically about this, uh, uh, this morning was like put some persona aspects in there mm-hmm. of like the oh, yeah. way like you deal with the day to day system of going to classes and getting XP points of like specific uh, like tree skill trees and whatnot would work really well in this game. Well, no, that would be that perfect infusion of bully and persona would be the best Harry Potter game possible. Yeah, that would, it, yeah. especially the whole thing of like <laughs> taking classes a day. You're sneaking around at night. Like that's what they do in the books too. Harry yeah. and Ron screw around at night. They got to get out of that that blanket together and hide out in the <laughs> library with their. Land Lanterns. <laughs> Harry and Ron screw around at night. Yeah. Sounds like a oh yeah, film. Boy, that, this, that this show out. has been that one for out. a lot when of was... great catchphrases. Harry but... Potter in the nighttime screw around with Ron. <laughs> Harry and his good ginger pal head up to the Shrieking Shrek. <laughs> the Shrieking Shrek Be- beneath the old Whomping Willow. Uh, Let's anyway. what Professor Wiggle Room has to say about this. <laughs> Let's go visit the groundskeeper and have some of his rock cakes. Please help me. <laughs> Obviously, you can tell we're pretty excited about Harry Potter. Brian, perhaps most of all, definitely top five. No, no, films. so that's actually a great question because yeah. you don't you you thought that Harry Potter was set in Victorian Game of Thrones times. I believe was your ex- explanation of it. You're also notoriously <laughs> you're also not a fan of of like Lord of the Rings, but you got super into Shadow of Mordor because it's like I did. It's yeah. so mm-hmm. distantly removed, and it was a, a great game underneath there. So yeah, I mean, to me, gameplay is king, right? And that's why I actually played a bunch of the Harry Potter Lego games just Mm. because I like the gameplay of the Lego games. (laughs) It doesn't connect to me as much as other stuff, but also whether you love Harry Potter or you don't know anything about it, once you've unlocked the 20th character in one of those games, we're all sitting around saying, who the f*** is that? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I think like gameplay is king, right? And so if it comes down to it, I will play an awesome action RPG with spells and magic if it's fun. Um, and the, the voice acting is great and the characters are charming and stuff like that. And yep. so that's really all it takes for me. Like if a game's getting good reviews, I perk my ears up and I start and I start listening. You mm. know, like I'm not the biggest fan of say someone like Superman. You know, I think he's right. a cool character, but in terms of making a game out of him, whatever. But if Rocksteady made an awesome Superman game, I'd be like, yeah, let's try it out. When I heard they were making a Suicide Squad game, or there was that rumor going, yeah, around, which obviously a years back. didn't pan out. I was like, well, I actively hate that film, but those guys make good <laughs> games, so let's see what they got. You know, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. I, being being open to stuff like that is important. Well, and I think obviously there will be. It'd be silly not to have connections to the wider lore and especially yeah. the yeah. book series, but setting it so distantly apart from it, I think will allow it to be a new entry point. And it, it, just to give in context, the kind of leaked description of the game yeah. mentions that it's supposed to take place in the 1800s. Uh, uh, where in the 1800s? Who knows? See, that's the, that's, the, that's weird though. I, I like because like what a, that, at that point you just got like a complete advantage over muggles. <laughs> like all the like the, the, the magic people obviously they, they're just they're like future people at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I like it though because it's so far. Like the thing with Fantastic Beasts is they're they're playing into all of this Grindelwald and Dumbledore stuff that we kind of like learned and like. We learned what we needed to in like the last Harry Potter movies about that, and I don't think we really need to have movies about that and about a dude who wrote a book that Harry read in the first book. Yeah, um, like we didn't need those movies, but I like that we're if this is real and this is actually in the 1800s. I like that we're far away from it, where they can play around, make their own story, and not have it feed so much into Harry's story. Uh, the theory is uh, because Dumbledore is so old, is that um, the description of this game says that you're a transfer fifth year student who knows how that works in the lore. Um, but the theory is that this is like the year before Dumbledore starts at Hogwarts. And so, like, they could build up a trilogy here, and, like, you see, like, Dumbledore in the second game or in, like, an after credit scene. Like, they could have, like, vague ties to the I, book. I love that. And yeah. Because it's, okay, so I'm not a big fan of, you know, Harry Potter, but in terms of movies about magical fantasy wizards, I love Star Wars. Yeah. And they're fantastic at that. And uh, a lot of the games and a lot of the movies and supplemental content is sort of like, hey, remember when, like, Poe Dameron went to get a coffee? <laughs> yeah, Here, check it out. Or how did C-3PO yeah. get his red arm? Here's a five-hour story mission about it. And you're kind of like, well, that's it's a little on the nose. Cool, I mean, much. like I'm watching Better Call Saul now, and they're like, hey, you know when what's-his-name got his bell? Here's the story. Hey, I bell. liked that part in the episode. It was really cool. It's a lot. It's a, like I think that it's like it ne- like you have you tread very carefully with like needlessly. Hey, needlessly <laughs> over so It's a prequel. Needlessly over padding <laughs> with backstory. Uh, and. It's it aired last oh, night. Really? You got this is you we work here. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so uh sorry about that, Dan. Um so yeah, I, I think it's like you if you make something that can stand on its own and then ha- like very like sort of cleverly ties in with, with some stuff is okay. Right. But I think like having this whole sweeping prequel, um, it's why like Battlefront Two was like interesting because it was like it picks up right at where Return of the Jedi ends, mm. but also then it just kind of goes in its own direction. Right. Um, and then occasionally had to be like, well, what about Luke Skywalker? You yeah. Know, like I think that that's that's, that's where, where it faltered because it, fal- yeah. it like completely shoehorned itself into what the main narrative completely. is, and that's why I'm. Super into this whole like distant Harry Potter story and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. I think Har- also it'll bring in someone like me who's kind of like, oh, you know, or even someone like you who's like, I don't really mess with the Fantastic Beast stuff, but like I love the originals and blah blah blah. blah. So like the thing that makes I think Harry Potter so great is all the minutia, and it's the same thing I dig about Star Wars is that it's all this background stuff. But in in Harry Potter and the books, there's all these like little details that are like they're things that if you try to put them in the movie, you're like, yeah. why are you wasting time like establishing this talking painting? Like why do you like why are you going into detail about like how this ghost 
ghost lost his head. Like, you know, and if you, I, I think a game is like perfectly suited for like little, you know, little references to that, little yeah. Easter eggs, yeah. like things that are very familiar uh, and without, you know, without that slowing down the main story. Cause like video games, you're meant to go in the, in the margins and dig around and, yeah. you know, look and for scraps of parchment. Like, yeah. yeah a, you know, a, a note pops up. Like give me a side quest where I got to help like house elves, like, I don't know, f- find missing croissants or something. No, like I that. love that because it's like you can drive right through the story, but also if you want to poke around and find lore, it's there for you. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's really smart. I feel like if any universe sets itself up for that, it is definitely Harry Potter. Uh, again, we don't know if any of this will end up being real. Who Please. knows if this game exists? I want it so bad. Uh, what has been canceled or there will be a new game that Barrett will hate. Uh, I, lo- I just really hope this isn't a Star Wars 13, 13 uh, like situation where like it oh. gets announced and it's like really cool and really hype and then it gets canceled and then I... I'll I'm put it sad. this way: the, the the pain that people like Max and I feel regularly as Star Wars fans who just want really good video games is something I wouldn't wish on anyone. Yeah, you and, know? and I feel time that as well. To start feeling it as Harry Potter fans, hopefully yeah. not though. Hopefully your next game doesn't get announced on like a bench at E3 during. Oh, we don't have a logo yet, but here it is. <laughs> There's a guy with a bus. It's about <laughs> wizards. <laughs> I promise. <sighs> it's about Professor Wiggle Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find out uh, if. If anything else Love happens about this Harry Potter game, we'll be sure to update you yep. about that, and you could just listen for Barrett shouting in the distance. Ah! Uh, that will be, definitely be there. If you want to hear about something that actually is out and available for you to play, if you own a PlayStation VR, Astrobot Rescue Mission. Yes, is out what this VR week. playing? We haven't done this segment in yeah. a long time. <laughs> um, so Astrobot came out. I've played through the first world or so of it now. Yep. Uh, and Brian, you've played a little bit more. Than a little bit more, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max, have you gotten a chance? To I played it. Uh, I played it. Fairly extensively at, at E3, as much as you can say yeah. that. But uh, and I d- did a few interviews about it, and I feel like I get it. I'm not super into it. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. So for those who don't know Astrobot at all, it is a platformer where you are the camera looking down at a little Astrobot. They were the little robots in the Playroom VR thing that has been stuck on your PlayStation Four since you got it. Yep. Um, so you can move them around. You'll move your guy around trying to collect and rescue other Astrobots, but you are the perspective, and so if you need to be able to see around that corner, you have to move him far enough in the world to get to see that corner, or just physically move yourself to see. He will maybe need to jump around you and go behind you. There'll be things in the distance that you can maybe see, but you can get him around by sort of sneaking. It's one of the most difficult things to describe. I've been been trying to wrap my head around how you explain like a a, a VR platformer since I think I did like Lucky's Tale with Oculus Mm -hmm. some interview, and I was trying to be like, how do you Mm -hmm. like, because you watch a video of it, it just looks like a 3D platform. There's nothing interesting about it, but like how you control this thing is is fascinating. And yeah. it sounds like yeah. this is one of the first games to really actually like to is nail it similar that. Similar to Moss in that way, because Moss you were kind of like the camera too. Yes. Right? Uh yes, definitely. It's it's uh, it's it's a lot more fast paced, I would say. Gotcha. Um and Moss sort of felt like looking at um, a bunch of topographical maps and watching a little mouse kind of, you know, poke around and and find treasures and secrets and stuff. That, like that. felt more rooted in like adventure games than yeah. this does. Like that yeah. was more like you know levels unfurl like a Crash Bandicoot level where it's like the bot starts here and then goes into mm-hmm. the screen. So it's, it's almost yeah. like you're on rails within like a wide margin where you can move your head around. Yeah, control Definitely. the camera. Yeah. yeah, think think about like effectively being on this long roller coaster track that. Uh, you can stop and, and look around on and 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 poke around and, and, and find secrets and such. And so uh, if you got Playroom, which was effectively that like kind of elevator pitch of, of, of PSVR demos, um, and you tried 
one, one there was an Astrobot game on there. Yeah. That was basically uh was it Sony? Is it uh, Japan Studios? Yeah. yeah. Studio we're, Japan. we're saying like, hey, uh, here's what a platformer could be like, hypothetically using PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, instead of using any sort of traditional mascots, they created this like little kind of like caped crusader. He's something between like I don't know, an action figure and like a like one of those Sony Ibo robot dogs. They totally yeah. look like little Ibos. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. like little Ibos. And uh, he would run around a map and basically uh, collect coins and then collect uh, his friends who were like kind of hiding out all over the place, fight enemies, cool stuff like that. And so this was kind of them being like, here's what something like this would look like. And uh, I think a lot of people, including us on this show, were like, make a full version of that. You know, that's freaking awesome like please make that and 18 months later somehow here we are with like uh, <laughs> this thing that's like an 8 to 10 hour fully fledged platform oh, wow. game it's yeah it's it's yeah. big yeah it's it's, and and so um i've i've I, i've put some time into it and i'm a huge 3d platforming fan here at, like for all all things on ign it's just like, it's one of my favorite genres always has been and a, a lot of people talk about that mario 64 moment which i you know i really did describe the er, my early moments with psvr as being that wow like Holy crap! We're here again. This is we're experiencing something like we'd never experienced it before. Um, that's obviously worn off a little bit in the eighteen months since launch, but I think that there's a lot of that happening here. Uh, and what's really cool about this game is, like a great platformer, uh, you can go start to finish and get to the end and feel like you accomplished something, or you can really kind of stop, take your time. There's no timer. Um, checkpoints are pretty liberal, and they can kind of say like, "Oh, well, what do you think is over there?" And so there's this clever mixture of like tight platforming, which is done uh, with traditional controls. There's no, um, you know, I, w- I wasn't playing with move or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, and the fact that you can lean into the physical space that, you've, mm-hmm. that you're kind of embodying and peer around corners and go like, what's there, what's there? And so that creates um, a lot of really awesome scenarios. It also creates some um, semi-cumbersome moments, I would say, sure. where I noticed in like the third level, I believe it was the third level. I uh, I did like a full head turnaround, and I was like, "What's behind me?" And I, I noticed this blue X on the wall, which meant that my character could run up and hit it. Um, but the way I was sitting on my couch made that incredibly uncomfortable. And because PSVR doesn't track you in 360, uh, you couldn't actually like it. It just gave me a stiff neck. Um, but what this game is really doing well, uh, which I think PSVR does at its best, is not really first-person stuff, but third-person and playing with scale. And so, like, it 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 makes me really want like a Honey I Shrunk the Kids type game because you're this <laughs> small character, you're bopping around these like adorable little environments. But every now and then, something gigantic comes in from the background, like a huge robot gorilla slaps it, his hand down on the level. It's the or, first boss. Yeah. It's also, is doesn't it, it? It throws stuff at your like it. it it attacks the camera like it'll throw ink at you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you are a character in the world, so you're like a giant robot controlling this little robot, and mm-hmm. the physical PS4 controller is in the world. I yep. like that. You yeah. you can see a reflection <laughs> sometimes in screens and stuff. And yeah, there will be like ink or water shoots in your face, so you get a little bit distracted. Which so you, reminds you, you'll me of be, like the stuff in in Mario Kart, uh, where like yeah, uh, one a of blooper, the, yeah, a blooper. But that's I mean that's like a static camera. In this case, you can actually dodge ink if it's flying at, yeah. at the screen. And yeah. there's, oh, it's wow. funny because you're you're 
you're moving the astrobot around to dodge stuff, and then you're using your own head to dodge stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you do stuff cool. like you use use the the controller to like shoot grappling hooks or ninja stars that your little guy can jump on. Yeah, you'll yeah. get extensions to your controller that work in game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, the way it handles depth is really smart too, because astrobot uh, effectively has a jetpack, and you learn this like air double jump thing that creates kind of like a a vertical visual jet stream beneath you, which helps you line up your jumps. And so you're not just like jumping blind. And I found myself getting like genuinely like, I don't know, like nervous and and kind of like shaky watching him crawl around on steel girders above and below me. And Mm -hmm. that was really cool because it's like in a platforming game, he's, you know, the character's there, the camera's almost always right behind you. When you're playing Mario 64 or really any Mario game, you can move the camera right behind you. But in this game, Astrobot, I led him up on this like uh, series series of like girders and yeah. he was running above my head and I had to like physically tilt my neck back to look up to be like is he okay up there and there was a couple times I just couldn't see him and I had to kind of just identify like I know what it's like for him to move okay. here's how many spaces he could have moved in those five seconds <laughs> and I hope he turns the corner and he's okay and every now and then he would die but for the most part I'd be like is, is he all right up there? And he'd come back down and be like yeah you got it yeah. you got your friend you got no your it's points. it's it's really cool I'm just I, I feel like the the stuff that draws me to VR is things that I've like never seen before, and this mm. is something I've seen before adapted for VR. Right, sure, you know, like sure, it, yeah. it, chasing after that sort of that Mario sixty four effect and creating like a, a solid you know three D platformer. Like I loved, I think I loved Moss a lot more because it was it was just the environments were so like so detailed, and it yeah. was like it felt like you were part mm. of the environment. This is still very video gamey and very like you know it's it's colorful and it's playful, but it's like you know it's just it's a three D video game that's been. You know, retrofitted to work with VR. So at, yeah, yeah, and it works, and it's. I'm glad that it. I'm glad that it's out there. It's just yeah. you know. At the very least, for me, I feel like we've been doing that so much with genres mm-hmm. in VR, where people are trying to make it work the way you play it normally without VR, and then try to make that work in VR. This feels like one of the best examples of that. Completely, where agree, it yeah. captures the essence of it, but also puts a really clever twist on it. That like, at least for me, in the first five levels or so, I was like joyful, like a kid, like oh wow, I can look over there and get him that way to go. Like it's it, so cool. It, felt smart and it's also i i think it kind of um it it nudges you to play through levels differently and multiple times to sort of just like because i would finish one and be like i didn't find everybody and i know they're hiding around the corners and so like you mentioned like the moss thing i think that what's really cool about moss is like it kind of feels like you're in this cave and in the cave on the table there's this little world and so this game does uh, a lot of kind of monkey ball style levels where it feels like this floating island in the sky. Gotcha. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that Mario Galaxy would do or like, you know, Sunshine had those levels where you're running along and like it's just bottomless pits beneath you. Yeah. And so those are cool. But there's a couple levels in this game where you're just in an ice cave and your your head, your headspace is completely surrounded by rocks. And you look to the left and there's like little characters crawling on the walls and you look oh. to the right and there's like bugs and stuff like that and like little crevices where you can break open. And that's where it starts to feel cozy Mm. and it starts to feel like you're in this space rather than just like I'm looking at a flat video game level and that's where for a second you stop saying like I'm playing a video game and you're more like oh I'm I'm helping this little this little creature through yeah. this world. Yeah. Then again it, it does totally break the immersion by the controller being 
a thing that you hold up and you're like, oh, here's my PS controller. It, it like, did initially, yeah. but I think once yeah. you get the idea in your head that you are a character in this world mm -hmm. too, it helps mitigate that somewhat. I, mean, and I think just the charm of the little robot as he's going around. There's it's also every single level in this game ends with your little, you know, Astrobot jumping onto your controller and you move your controller around, you see him there, and then you pull back on the touchpad and you can flick him off into the sky like oh, that's uh, awesome. at these targets. And it's <laughs> sort of like, it's really rewarding. It's like how Kirby levels end where he jumps on that platform mm -hmm. and goes up. Yeah. Or just jumping for the flag in Mario. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. something, it's, it's, I love, there's a lot of very smart things like that mm -hmm. where they're like, how could we, and it, it, the 18 months they've spent with this since the, you know, the, since the launch or whatever, it, it shows. And like the little things like lines underneath his jetpack helping you have some depth perception or just the tactile elements, like yep. the, the flicking. And it's, it, it feels like that kind of iterative, like smart, like what's missing here? You know, what kind of quality of life stuff could be here? And yeah. 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 What's Absolutely. the, uh, um, how's the motion sickness? It's about as low as you're going to get, probably. Awesome. Because yeah. um, it's because I'm very sensitive to that. I notice it a little bit when I. So the th the only thing that really does is like it will it will nudge you along the level automatically, mm. and that kind of feels like being pushed. Okay. Um, when you're sort of standing yeah. and. It, uh, VR in general has that issue. Um, when you don't have full control of the camera um, and your head is moving in a different sort of like locomotion than your body is, yeah. uh, it feels weird and there's a little disconnect there. There's also the fact that like uh, in many circumstances, the camera moves you forward and you're kind of locked into place there and you can't go back. And so you're kind of like, you push me and I don't, I can't turn around and see anything. It's the kind of thing so. you you could conceivably like close your eyes there or just I don't know focus on yeah. like a, a I don't I, like I don't get super motion sick with it but this is one of those things that is because you are so kind of rigidly on rails it's not you know it's not throwing you down a roller coaster yeah. it's not particularly fast paced yeah, yeah I never encountered it I, I never get like sick sick in VR I get hot weirdly because uh, my body is registering like oh I'm moving I should mm. be feeling wind resistance yeah. right now huh. yeah it's really weird. Uh, one thing is if you get that like little butterfly in your stomach thing when you jump off of stuff. In, in regular games, yeah, this will have that too oh, to no, a certain degree. Oh god, yeah, because yeah. you're like, you're, there's a lot of stuff where you've got this little guy and he's running around on girders, and the fact that you're like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna fall, like I gotta get yeah. the next platform, yeah, you know. They're definitely even so. like jumping off the Empire State Building as Spider Man was like kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, was, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, I've been having a blast with it so far. I'm excited to hear. I know people in the Beyond Facebook group are talking about it a bit. I'm excited to hear what you all think of it. Uh, but yeah, we will have a review going up by the way on IGN in the coming days uh, from one of the wonderful members of our Australian team so Ooh. you can look forward to that uh in other news that is non-vr related max release yeah. tell me about fist of the north star so lost fist paradise. of the north star lost paradise is uh, a game based on the popular uh anime fist of the north star and it's done by the rgg team the yakuza guys and it's effectively it is basically yakuza zero with an anime influence um Heck it's yeah. uh, i don't know the source material at all um my frame of reference is this was one of those like early Dare I use the term Japanimation? Oh no! Uh, it was it's it's from back Miranda in the eighties. It's going to come in here and punch yeah. you in the face. Yeah, well, I've been watching anime longer than she's been alive, so that's fine. <laughs> um, no, but like this was one of those ones that was like only for mature audiences because the dude punches guys until they explode into blood, which rules. Uh, the first time I went to Japan, there's a store there called Condomania. It is a boutique that sells nothing but prophylactics, uh, and they do in fact make Fist of the North Star brand condoms. And I feel like that's kind of a testament to what the theme of this game is. Like it's yeah. the kind of thing that's like, like yeah, it's badass. It's not Dragon Ball Z. They explode into blood. Like there's this kind of <laughs> inherent sort of edginess to it, and it's wonderful because of that. Uh, the cool thing here is that it is it's 
it's basically a Yakuza game. Uh, I'm a few hours in. It's kind of a slow start, but it's fun as hell. You just wail on dudes. Uh, and because it is set in a post-apocalyptic anime setting, uh, you don't really need to know all the backstory you do for maybe a Yakuza game. So is it effectively just a like a hyper-violent, hyper-stylized beat-em-up? It is a beat-em-up, yeah. It feels with, like it has more in line with, say, I don't know, River City Ransom or Double Dragon or Streets of Rage than it does like an open world RPG. I mean, it's got it's got the same stuff that Yakuza has. At the end of the day, like your your moment to moment like combat encounters are just straight up beat 'em ups. In this case, you're you're doing all these like, you know, you do these like weird like kind of pressure point things and like that's your like you'll you, you'll poke a guy in the eye and he'll his head will blow up and that's like a bunch of there's a bunch of crazy like quick time events and stuff I hate uh, it but yeah happens. it is it is fundamentally time, it is a beat em up with like open world components there's racing which i haven't gotten to yet they um Ooh. the way these games kind of unfold at least with the like Akaza ones racing? Do, do you car racing the, oh, okay. do you oh. smash the cars into each other until they explode blood <laughs> probably i really hope so um but yeah no so i i, I recommended this to you because uh obviously if you like Yakuza is hard to get into. It's not for everybody. There's a lot of like weird stuff to try to you know try to catch up with. In this case, this is a fresh start. Like I don't know that this. It's also like a retelling of the anime. So right. like if you don't know Fist of the North Star, you know this is like kind of a good jumping. Yeah, point. I mean it's basically just it's it's Mad Max M rated Dragon Ball Z. Hell yeah. Um, and it's it. but this is made by the Yakuza team. The cool thing here is um, I remember growing up assuming that because good video games came from Japan and anime came from Japan, then therefore anime games must be good and trying so hard to get really into certain anime games and it wasn't until i was much older that i was like oh maybe licensed games suck around the world and it's the, more the exception than the rule that yeah. uh, you know but i think between this and like we learned we we learned that on the nes playing top gun and uh, other bad well, yeah but i mean but yeah you're, you're like oh man top gun but in this yeah, yeah I, like i remember you know there were there were like a handful of like good ones or whatever but it was I, I remember trying to play dragon ball games and being like why aren't these like good fighting games mm -hmm. or like why are these so much less fun than other ones mm -hmm. uh, and we're finally at a point where much like we're getting you know we get like good batman games good spider-man games it's cool that we're getting like a good fist of the north star game like i, I see kind of uh i think oh, yeah. this is sitting at like a i don't know like a seven or eight on metacritic which is it's fine, but if you're, it's also worth noting, uh, it's running on the Yakuza Zero engine, which is okay. technically a, a PS3 engine. Yeah. So it feels a little bit dated in ways, but it's also like completely like, you know, late night B movie campy junk food. So if you can overlook some goofiness in the story and some goofiness in the game, then it's probably a good time. So if this is like a good start for um, kind of like licenses in Japan getting good games finally do you think we'll get a full metal alchemist game i don't care i want the rgg team to make a cowboy bebop game because yes. that is Ooh, that's what we need yes yeah, yeah. I, um I so would also like that after they finish judge eyes or whatever okay yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, I think it's cool between this Dragon Ball and this, uh, seeing this trend, hopefully something like uh, My Hero Once Justice can continue that trend that comes out later this month against Red Dead Redemption 2, so we'll see how it Watch goes. out, Red Dead. Shouldn't delay yourself. East meets Wild West. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, before we wrap up quickly, just want to let you know, in case you haven't heard the fact that new PlayStation Plus games are out, mm. uh, we're going to jump into those just very quickly. For reference, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you can download Friday the 13th, the game, for My free. My favorite. Uh, you can also download the uh, multiplayer game Laser League, which is developed by the Oli Oli guys. Uh, Ooh. 2D side-scrolling like skateboarding game. Uh, yeah, in addition to those, those are both PS4 games. For PS3, you get Master Reboot and The Bridge. Those are games. Mm. Rocket Birds 2 Evolution and 2064 Read Only Memories are for PS Vita. They are both cross by with PS4. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, those are the six games available for October. Uh, and in addition, you can get Here They Lie, 
Uh, you can't get that anymore when this episode goes live. It was live until October 2nd. Uh, so while we're recording, you could get Here They Live for PlayStation VR. It was available for like two months yep. for free on PSVR. Uh, so yeah, this is that timer run. If you I snoozed, you have lost. Mm-hmm. Ah, you do not lie. As the saying goes. Uh, other than that, I'm going to end up the show as we have the last couple of weeks because there's new Kingdom Hearts news. Good Lord. One more how minute. Are we, how are right. we at the point Kingdom where we're getting news. weekly right, Kingdom Hearts updates? Hey, as long I as they keep it. coming. Right. <laughs> you got the time. I also have one ready for you. Uh, we're going to wrap up in wonderful style with Kingdom right. Hearts 3 news. You ready? Three, two. Not content to have been featured in the big hit Deadpool 2 reviving Bangarang for the masses. Skrillex is back, ladies and gentlemen, for the Kingdom Hearts 3 theme song. Yes, Skrillex is working with Yutada Hikaru, who has worked on the... Uh, theme songs for Kingdom Hearts for, since the beginning. Everyone is so excited about this news. Uh, the two of them are working together for Face My Fears, the new theme song. Many thought Don't Think Twice, the song that was already revealed for Kingdom Hearts 3, would be the theme song. That seems to be probably like a closing theme. Uh, Face My Fears will be the opening theme. Very excited to see it. There's been a lot of electronica and that influence in Kingdom Hearts theme songs before. Obviously, it was Simple and Clean and some of the remixes to that song. So this is not surprising. I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be still a pretty solid theme song, having obviously the original theme song writer still on board it's pretty incredible i'm so excited for this game please still be coming in january on january 2019th to ps4 and xbox one kingdom hearts 3 great you still got three seconds if you want to kingdom hearts oh, too late it's time's up uh, wow so that was it <laughs> they got skrillex yeah skrillex was the big yeah. announcement for this week what's the opposite of nice and clean what about loud and dirty Bam, bam, bam. okay anyway oh thank you all so much for joining us for beyond episode 561 remember Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on beyond.ign.com. When we're not there every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, where can we find Barrett? Where are you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at SadBoyBarrett. It's very on brand. Max, where can we find you? Max Scoville. Doesn't say anything about how sad I am, but trust me, I am. (laughs) And Brian, are you sad on Twitter, and what is your handle? I'm not sad on Twitter, and you can follow me at Professor Wiggle Room. Ten points for Gryffindor. And I am at JM Dormish. You can find me on there, obviously, talking about Kingdom Hearts and many more things. But for everything else in the world of PlayStation, thank you so much for listening and beyond. Beyond. Beyond.